His lean mahogany bronze profile looked grave under the shadow of his hat brim. It's all by itself, that big park. There's nothing like it on over and down the underside of the ridges, nor anywhere else up there. The first time I sat up there looking down, I thought maybe once a long, long time ago it was maybe a big lake. But now it's grass to your stirrups, with trees to the east and west, and southward, and northward. Those darn stone bluffs rising up so's you got to prop your head far back to see their tops. Arch looked up there. All he could see was the nearest pine tops, a huge, wide void, then the cliff face and sawtooth rim. Have you been up there? he asked, then amended that, since John Flores had obviously seen the big bowl. Is it hunting country? Flores looked around, dark eyes stone steady. Then he smiled a little. Ghost country, he said, the smile leaving Arch half ready to believe he was being teased. John turned back without the little smile. I never hunted up through there, but I camped in there a few times. You never saw better feet in your life. There must be wapiti and deer then, and bear and all. Arch said. Flores faintly nodded. Yes, and grouse and quail and pigeons. There's something else up there. I guess some time back there was a band of Indians lived up there. What's left of hide houses and teepees, meat drying racks and fire rings are scattered around near a little fry pan lake at the upper end of the bowl. He stopped speaking perhaps with his thoughts drifting to Arch's father, that granite substantial man of no nonsense and hard work. Flores shrugged thick shoulders, then said, Folks don't believe in things they can't see or touch. He shot a slightly bemused, almost apologetic look at the tall stripling beside him. Arch said, What else, John? What's up there? Lots of different names, Arch. The Portuguese who ranch over in border Texas call them Costegas. The Texas Comanches call them Pucotzi, if I remember right. And the Mexicans call them Espectro. Flores sat a moment, beginning to get that expression of mild apology again. Ghosts, he said. Arch at thirteen neither believed nor disbelieved. Like a great many things he had encountered, he did not know what to believe. But perhaps instinct, as much as scraps of things he had heard, left him with little doubt about ghosts, whether they existed or not. And he knew the Mexicans believed they did exist. The Sutherland hard-headed common sense told him they had no place in the cattle business. Moreover, he and John Flores had been sitting there long enough, he reigned westerly off the gravelly little wind-burned hill. They did not discuss that secret high meadow again. Until the autumn of the last year John Flores rode for Rafter S. Arch was near an eighteen that year. John Flores, according to Arch's father, was probably crowding seventy. They last a long time, Bennett told his son on the porch after supper one hot summer night. Maybe it's all those hot peppers they eat.
Arch was incredulous. Seventy? He doesn't seem any different to me now than he did that first gather I went on. And you team me up with him. Ben was no longer young, had not been young in many years, so he knew about those things. He may not look different, Arch, but he feels different. What'll he do? What'll happen to him? Ben pushed out thick, long legs and sat loosely in his old chair, gazing down across the big ranch yard. You've seen them over at Ganado. They all got relatives or married children or brothers. They move in with their kin. They're more clanny than we are. Arch sat a long time in sad thought. He had indeed seen the bent, gnarled old men over in Ganado. Faggot gatherers, threadbare old derelict grandfathers left to mind small children or hoa squash.